And we are back. Welcome to the latest Mike Cernovich podcast. It has been a couple weeks, but hey, we are done with Gorilla Mindset, so we will go back to podcasting here soon. So what is Gorilla Mindset? I can finally answer the question. So the whole reason, I'll give you, the, I'll give you guys the backstory. The whole reason I called it Gorilla Mindset was because mindset is kind of a cool concept that not a lot of people understand and that I've been into and that I wanted to elaborate on. And the reason I call it Gorilla Mindset is Victor, Victor from Bold and Determined and I were brainstorming ideas and he was like, I was like, something, something mindset. And he was like, try Gorilla Mindset. And I was like, I like it. But, you know, people are like, why Gorilla Mindset? Why this? The answer is, it's Gorilla Mindset because I don't want, I don't want pussies to read my book, really. Um, I, what I do kind of marketing-wise is a little different than what a lot of other people do. I'm, I'm very much into sending out signals that attract people. That's marketing, right? You want people, people to come to you. But I, I definitely send out signals that reject people. I don't like... I don't like pussies. I don't like complainers. I don't like people who tell me why they can't do something. I can't do it. I don't like people who tell me this won't work. So even though I could sell more books by making it more palatable to the mainstream or making it more touchy-feely, then I got to deal with retards emailing me and and I and I don't want to do it. And you know, here's a good example of if you're too nice. So whenever I talk about James Altucher, I try to like temper it because I, I really respect his work and his writing. But then it sounds like I'm kind of hating on him, which I'm not. But if you go look at the Ask Altucher podcast, James Altucher, huge name. I've you know told you guys about him. A lot of you bought his book. Um, he's got a podcast. He's got a way bigger audience than mine, probably 10 times the size that I have. If you go look at his Ask Altucher ratings, he has fewer ratings and reviews than I have. Me, Mike Cernovich podcast. Why is it? So, so I'm always thinking, well, why is it? You know, why, why is James doing things the way he does it? Because he's somebody I like because he's smart, he's open, and he doesn't buy shit like everybody else. All those other sites, um, the so-called big podcasts, almost all of them pay for ratings. Altucher doesn't. So I'm like, what is it different about me than him, you know? Well, I remember when I first recommended Choose Yourself, I said, James Altucher is a good guy, danger, and play, right? He's me if I were really, really, really nice. But what happens? Well, you attract fucking entitled fucking pussies who they won't even review his podcast. And he asked him. He should have 10 times as many ratings and reviews as I have. But because he's so nice, he attracts that very parasitic type of person, right? Whereas I don't attract that many parasitic people. I'm very much like, fuck you then, right? Fuck you. Go away. Um, If you're pathetic, I don't want you around. So because of that, I have a smaller audience than his. But... You know, and I hate audience. God, it sounds so fucking pretentious. You know, we'll call you friends, right? People, our tribe is bigger, whatever you want to call it. But it's more engaged, right? It, it's smaller, but it matters more. It's kind of like everybody says, well, I have an email list and has X thousands of people. You know, yeah, but how many people actually open them and how many people read your emails and how many people click over? Engagement. I'm all about engagement. I'll take a smaller group of friends, <laughs> readers, whatever I want to call you guys, but who are actually engaged and who actually give a fuck and who actually take action. So Gorilla Mindset is just about like the people who want self-help books, even though it's technically filed under self-help, Gorilla Mindset is, I don't want those people buying this book. They'll give me bad Amazon reviews. They'll want refunds. They're going to cry. They'll send me dumb emails. I get too many emails from you and I like you. So it's kind of like I'm I'm e-famous enough. I get enough great emails from you that I can't fucking keep up with. I can't even answer them all. 
So why do I want idiots emailing me telling me why it won't work and they can't do it and who do I think I am to tell them anything about life? So that, that's the whole point. Gorilla mindset is just kind of like, fuck you, stay away from this book. If a, if a big gorilla on a book cover is going to turn you off, good, because you, you would miss the message. But here's what I would really have titled the book, and I might change the title somewhere down the road, because this is ultimately what, what is Gorilla Mindset? Gorilla Mindset is how to control your thoughts and emotions. That really is all it is. It's a fucking, it ain't a self-help book. It's a how-to book. How do you control your thoughts and emotions? How do you control them? Because what we do, generally speaking, is we we passively accept our emotions, right? You know how it is. If you're angry, you're just angry, right? Until until you spin your anger away. Well, I'm fucking pissed off, and you know I'm gonna be angry, and blah blah blah. And then I'm gonna go treat people like shit, right? Or if you're in a good mood and you're happy, oh, I'm happy. I feel good. I'll go be nice to people. You know, uh, okay, I, I guess I guess I'll be nice. If I feel this way, I'll do that. If I feel that way, I feel bad. Well, if I think a negative thought, I'm gonna feel a certain way. But nobody says. <laughs> Or at least we didn't grow up where somebody said, you know what? If you wake up and you're in a shitty mood, you don't have to be in a shitty mood. You can change your mood, right? It's like, well, no, you can't, right? You just sort of feel that way. No, like you don't feel good. You're angry. You know, you can change that. Oh, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You can change that. You have a bad thought in your head. You can change that. That's what it starts from. It starts from the fundamental premise, proposition, whatever you want to call it, that you can control what you think, and you control how you feel. And that's what this book is about. And that's why, to be honest, I've had fucking stomach aches over this. I'm really worried about how it's going to be received because it isn't Mike Cernovich being edgy and telling you fuck everyone, fuck society, you know, who cares what anybody thinks. It's much less danger in play, and it's more guerrilla mindset. And that's when I, that's why I've been trying to transition to kind of get you all used to it like it isn't going to be some crazy book about you know choking people during sex it's very much about okay if you have negative feelings if you have negative emotions if you have negative thinking patterns here's how you change them and here's just very it's very practical practical steps you know some of the chapters have worksheets that you should actually fill out their little habits their mindset shifts just different ways of thinking about the world and the first mindset shift is, of course, you are in control of how you think and feel. You have to put the work in to change how you think and what you feel. And, and I tie it all together thematically. That's why if you, if you like Gorilla Mindset and you kind of understand what it's going to be about, you're going to love this book. If you don't because you're expecting something different, then, you know, we'll, we'll have to talk. You know, like I said, I'm really um, anxious about this book. I, I know I you know I, it's kind of ironic I have to use the same techniques in the book to get over this worry because I'm worried you know it's like you write a book you're you're just you're worried sick about it. is anybody going to buy it what, what's it going to do what's the response going to be and you you know you have to learn how to control those emotions and that's sort of how I went about writing writing Gorilla Mindset writing the book is I just whenever I had a problem I was just think well what what are you doing right now right what is like massively, I've been massively introspective over the past six months to the year, way more than ever in my life, and I'm generally an introverted, introspective guy, and I would just say, it, 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 here's an example of just something really weird. I was writing my motto, and I had a negative thought come into my head, and then I had a weird feeling on my leg, and I thought, well, why do I have a weird feeling on my leg? And you realize when you, when you let a negative thought enter your head, that does have an impact on your body. 
And then I just started to think, well, you know, thoughts don't have mass. How can they move things in your body, right? If everything has to sort of have a cause and effect, well, does, do thoughts actually have mass? If they don't, how can they make your body feel a certain way? They ignite some kind of response, right? Some kind of movement happens in your body. So that's what I was doing. It's just, okay, what about this? How do you handle this? Uh, stuff I've helped people with in the past. And I just deconstructed everything. And then as I did that, a lot of the stuff I wrote at Danger and Play made sense now. And a lot of stuff is in the Gorilla Mindset. I was on Danger and Play, but it's a different perspective now because I, I had unconscious competence. I, I sort of knew I was living a life better than most people. I sort of knew I had more control. I sort of knew I was more even keeled than other people. I kind of got it, but I didn't really get why. And then I just deconstructed everything, took everything apart, figured it out, and I said, oh, okay, now I get it. Here's why. Here's how everything leads to, to another thing. So there, there's a big thing, for example, thoughts and emotions. Self-talk, the conversation you have with yourself. Man, think about it. You wake up, wrong side of the bed. Man, it's going to be one of those days. Well, that's self-talk. You're telling yourself it's going to be one of those days. It's going to be one of those days. So that's a passive acceptance of your mood. And your talk has influenced your mood. Because if you tell yourself, man, it's going to be one of those days, well, isn't it? That's what you're telling yourself. It's going to be one of those days. Just got to deal with it, you know? Versus you say, no, it's not going to be one of those days, God damn it. You know, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to change it. And it's not going to be a bad day. It's going to be a good day. Or maybe it is going to be. I mean, we have bad days too. And that's definitely a part of the real mindset is I'm not here to say, you know, none of you have problems, you know, I'm sure there's at least one person listening to this whose child had cancer, right, or has cancer. I'm not going to say, yeah, you just wake up and be happy, you know, if you can't get over your child having cancer and wondering if your child's going to die, then you're just pathetic, you know, you should just be happy all the time. I mean, let's be real, but everything is kind of relative, right? Sort of, you wake up, you feel a certain way, but you realize you got to be strong for people, so maybe you're not going to be happy, but maybe you'll be a little bit less sad. Maybe be a little bit less demoralized. Maybe we'll get a little bit something more done. And that's what you have to look at things, right? You're just not going to passively accept where you are. Now, again, it doesn't mean you're going to be jumping from the roof. Uh, a friend of mine, her husband just died. He died of a brain, t brain tumor, you know? How do you, you just don't tell a person like that, you know what? You're going to wake up off the wrong side of the bed, but boy, you can just smile and, and be chipper, and you're just going to feel great about today. Well, that's, that's not true. But you can say, you know, you can cope. Here's how you can cope. So maybe when these negative thoughts enter into your head, you can change them. And sure, you're not going to feel great. You're not going to feel amazing, but you can feel a little bit better. And then, of course, as we move through tragedies and we move through the anxiety and the problems of life, then you have all that training, right? You've trained yourself that, well, I'm just not going to feel as crappy as I could have, well, then when things start to pick up a little bit, because that's life, we have ups and downs, then you're really wired tight, right? Because you use the same strength that you gained from the bad parts of life, and then you apply them to the good part of life. And, but again, that's self-talk, right? And you start to think, well, self-talk, yeah, it does relate to mood. If you tell yourself, I'm a fucking piece of shit, I'm worthless, you know, I hate my life, well, that's going to change your emotions, right? Emotions are how you feel, or what they call state, and then I kind of realized in deconstructing all this why I don't really, like I've been to the Tony Robbins seminars, I've done the state control exercises in the NLP books, you know, I've, I have a section on state control because some of you for state is going to be great. And then I kind of figured out why. I was thinking, well, 
you know, there's Myers-Briggs type indicators. And although I don't think that you necessarily have a four-letter acronym that determines your destiny. For example, I'm an INTJ, and then when I'm more extroverted, I'm an ENTJ. So I don't think, well, if, if I read a one-paragraph summary of an ENTJ or INTJ, that doesn't necessarily describe who my life is, but I'm definitely intuitive, and I'm thinking, and I'm judging, and there's a dialogue in my head, self-talk. That's what I'm constantly doing. I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm talking to myself, but I'm not much of a feeler, but there's other Myers-Briggs type indicators where people are feeling type. So the feeling people are really going to get a lot of stuff out of state control stuff because because they're natural feelers, they need to learn how to change how they feel. So the state control thing for them is, is like amazing and the self-talk for them, you know, it's pretty good. You don't want to run yourself down, but it doesn't have that much of an impact. So for me, the biggest change that I've made, and that's why self-talk is first, because I know a lot of us are introverted types, is changing my self-talk. That has been by far the most fundamental thing that I've changed in my life that's changed how I feel. But my self-talk does, again, affect my feeling. I'm not, it's not like I don't have any emotions. I just am not as strong of a feeler as some of you might be. So I, so I tie everything together, right? I tie how, well, here's what your self-talk is. And then I have a, a, talk, a section then on framing and focus, which is building up on self-talk. Because you can say to yourself when you have a problem, you know, I'm feeling pathetic or whatever, well, then you just tell yourself, well, yeah, but look at this other problem. And then you start to run a dialogue. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I have a problem, but really, I mean, look at these other people and their problems. Especially if you read widely. I've been, I've been reading a book about um, The Killing Fields of Cambodia, and it's called Surviving the Killing Fields. It's a, it's a beautiful book, and it's a masterpiece, actually. And yesterday, I had a, a really funny coincidence. So I was reading in the, the Killing Fields book what happened is they drove out all the city dwellers, and they were throwing people out in the wilderness because they said people need to go to the jungles and become farmers. Everybody has to live off the land. They didn't want any kind of consumerism or capitalism or commercialism or free trade or anything like that. So they took all these city people out into the jungle and made them push plows and, and do all this farm work that they hadn't done. And moreover, they worked them like slaves and underfed them. So the, the guy, is his autobiography, he wrote the book. He had blisters on his hands and the blisters kept bleeding and popping open. He couldn't hardly walk because he's in his bare feet. So I was at the gym, and I was doing the monkey bars, and I had a calloused hair on my hand, and it, it hurt. It definitely hurt. I'm not going to pretend like it didn't. The whole callus ripped off from swinging on the monkey bars. I thought, ah, oh, this hurts. But then what did I say to myself? I go, man, you just read, a, read about a guy who was as a slave laborer in the Cambodian jungles in 110-degree heat with super humidity, and he had blisters over all of his hands, and his hands are bleeding. You know, get over yourself. So that's just a, that's a framing technique, right? I reframed a problem I had, a situation I was presented with, relative to something else, right? Relative to another person's problem. But that was part of my self-talk. That was part of the dialogue. I just said, well, you know, you could sit here and think, oh, your hand hurts and woe is me. Or you could just say to yourself, boy, you're lucky that you, you know, never lived a life like that. And you know what? This guy was rich and he didn't even know he's ever going to live a life like that because the revolution kind of happened quickly. So again, that's the framing technique. So that ties into self-talk. And then again, that leads into focus, how to have better focus. That chapter on um, ruthless focus was based on the danger and play thing, right? You're focusing on something that's going to change how you feel. It's going to change how you live your life. And then I tie that into that tied in the state control and the mindfulness. So state control is going to be related to your self-talk, right? Because if you talk a certain way to yourself... That's going to affect your state or your mood. 
So it all came together, and that's why I'm so happy with how it turned out, even if you don't like it, because it is a risk. The gorilla mindset is an artistic risk, because I know a lot of people, it's not going to be what they thought it was going to be. It's not aggro at all. It's not soft. It's very much like, yo, you got to put the work in. You got to accept responsibility for your own life, for your own feelings, for your own emotions. But it's not what I would call edgy at all. But then again, I'm sort of so dialed up to 11 that it might be edgy by conventional standards. But that's why I'm so happy because everything everything kind of tied together. And then you can kind of understand like, well, now I understand why I didn't really, the state stuff doesn't work. Like jumping around going, yeah, whoo. A lot of people are into that. And I think people who are into that should do it, absolutely. But for me, I just like, yeah, I'm not feeling anything, dude. You know, like, I, it's weird. I was waiting. Everybody's doing all that stuff. And I'm like, I'm waiting to get this, like, sensation. And, you know, the, the Tony Robbins like, yeah, you got to do, 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 do. So I'm doing everything, right? I'm, I'm actively participating in the process. And I just like, yeah, I don't feel anything, dude. I don't feel anything at all. Well, that's because my feeling, again, is based on my talking patterns, that's what I have to change to change how I feel. That's why that state control stuff didn't really work that well for me. But when I talked to you guys about it in a podcast, a lot of you were like, whoa, this is amazing. You know, I can't believe it. And that's great. And that's another thing, too. Don't think if you're the feeling type on the Myers-Briggs indicator versus the, the thinking type. Not, one isn't better than the other. It's just how you're wired. And, and you can change that wiring to a certain degree. But if you're more of a feeler type, the state stuff will work. And then, you know, mindfulness, we've talked about mindfulness, and then I realized how self-talk is related to mindfulness. Now, mindfulness, a lot of people think, well, you don't think anything, you're just perceiving things without judging. And yeah, that's true, but how can you get to that point of mindfulness? Well, most people say, well, you know, go sit in a corner and meditate and breathe and stuff, and yeah, that helps, but what if you just use self-talk to get into the moment, which we've talked about before, Right. So you're using self-talk. Well, here I am. I'm doing the podcast. I'm looking at the little bars running up and down. I'm talking into my microphone. I see I'm at 545 bars and the little numbers are spinning. Well, I'm not judging. That wasn't a judgmental experience per se in terms of moral judgment. I'm just taking in it, the perception, right, with the self-talk. Well, that's how a thinking type can get to the moment. That's how it becomes meditative. That's how you become more mindful as you use the self-talk. And you say, okay, here I am. This is what I'm doing. Da, 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 da. And all this stuff is covered more, is more detail. And then I, I, you know, I figured out what lifestyle really is. And to some of you, this is going to se seem simple. But to me, when I had it, I was like, holy fuck. It was like one of those epiphanies. But your lifestyle is just what? The sum total of what you do, the activities you engage in, and the people you associate with, which kind of could fall under that same umbrella, right? Because that is activities. But that's your lifestyle. Who are you with? What are you doing? So whenever you think, well, things aren't you know, right in my life or whatever, well, who are you with? What are you doing? Who are, and, that, and then that relates to back to focus. Then you have to focus on it. Well, here's who I'm with. This is the man or the woman that I'm spending all my time with. Here's how I feel. I feel shitty. Okay, well, then maybe you need to, maybe you need to change your state, right? Or maybe you need to do a lifestyle adjustment, because uh, uh, rather a lifestyle makeover. Because sometimes what people say to me is like, you know, you should never feel a certain way because, you know, you can use your state control techniques. And people in the past have tried to use that as a way to almost be like abusive towards me. Well, you can control how you feel, so I'm going to fucking shit all over you and you're just going to change how you feel. No, fuck you, you know? That you're, that's your part of my lifestyle. That's part of the mindset too, right? That's why the, the chapter... 
and it's a concept we talked about before, lifestyle is mindset. No, you're not, I'm not going to use my energy to fight off the negative vibes that you give me. You're part of my lifestyle. You're part of my mindset. I'm going to fucking change my lifestyle, which means I'm going to change who I associate with. I'm going to change what I do. But to do that, you have to have what? Focus. Because most people don't know who, what they're doing. Most people aren't aware of how they spend their time. Most people aren't aware of who they're spending their time with or how they feel when they're with the person. So a good test is always, if you're with a person, how do you feel after? Do you feel inspired? Do you feel good? Or do you just think, well, that was sort of blah? Or do you feel like, shit, let's focus, right? And then you change that. So you can change your mindset to deal with the, the lifestyle challenges we have. But then you also have to take charge of your mindset. And that's, again, why we call it defense and offense. The defense is, look, I live in the real world. I don't live in a fairy tale world of happy motivational speakers where I just tell you, think, think about the positive, eliminate the negative, act in the affirmative, and don't let Mr. In-Between in your life or whatever. Because that's not reality. Reality is fucking shit happens, man. Reality is maybe you have a job that you can't leave. Reality is maybe your child is sick. Maybe your spouse died. Maybe you lose your job. Maybe you don't have any money. Maybe you get hit by a car and you break your leg and you can't work. And that's reality, man. That's reality. So you, ha you have to, in reality, is maybe you're, you know, maybe you're married to a woman you love, but you hate her mom, right? But, so you can't just tell her, well, you, you know, don't talk to your mom because I hate her. You know, yeah, that's reality. I live in the real world. No unicorns in my world. So that's why you, you think of it as defense and offense. Well, defense is, well, when that shitty stuff happens, yeah, you, you want to overcome it. You want to be able to deal with that negative stuff. Absolutely. You have to. There, there's really, nobody lives a perfect life. None of us do. So you have to know how to deal with the negative shit. But I just don't want to say, well, I'm going to teach you how to not feel bad about yourself because that's defense, right? We like audacity. We like offense. That's why we talk later about vision. And we talk about offense, right? Offense, too, is lifestyle changes. If you don't feel a certain way by a person or if a person isn't meeting your needs or you're not getting what you want, you just change your lifestyle. And that's going to change your mind, too, and make you feel so much better. We, we all know that feeling. And that's the offense, too, is when you take offense in your lifestyle. By offense, I mean not like offense, like the offensive position. You say, you know what, I'm going to affirmatively take action to change my lifestyle because the people in my life are not making me feel the way I want to feel, or they're not giving me what I need, or I'm not, my needs are being met. Or you think if I'm spending my time, you know, people read outrage websites, you know, and, and maybe I give the wrong vibe. Like, I don't read the sites. I just see headlines and I clip them and I just laugh because I don't care. I, it doesn't affect my mood, but I've had people say, oh, I read the article, blood pressure went up. I'm like, well, why would you read it? Take, take offense. Take offense into your life. <laughs> Fucking say, I'm spending my time reading shit that pisses me off. I don't want to be pissed off, so I'm going to fucking take charge, and I'm not doing any of that bullshit. Because in life, there's always going to be fucked up shit going on. There's always going to be things to offend you. Use that strength defensively when you have to, and then adjust your lifestyle and change it and take, take offensive action so that you don't have the negative stuff. And then that leaves you with more strength to live the vision, to live your life, right? Because that's what we're leading to. That's what it all leads to. At the very end... Oh, and we do talk about health and fitness as it relates to mindset. And even if you, and it's not like a Jim Bro book or how to get abs or anything. It's more like here's a connection between the mind and the body, and here's how you can improve that connection. So we talk about that.
And that's, again, that's part of the lifestyle changes. That's part of being offensive, taking charge of your life, saying, I want to feel good. I want a body that works for me. I want clarity of thought. So I'm going to take charge, take action, be offensive, go forward. And then that way, when I deal with the negative stuff, I can deal with it defensively. I can handle that stuff. And then it gets us to the last chapter, which is vision, which is the, the shortest chapter. The last two chapters are, I don't know, like five or ten pages. I'm, I'm not even sure how. They're very short. Because by then, if you've worked your way through everything, it becomes active, vision. Where do you see yourself? That's where we want to get you to, right? What, what do you envision for your life? Where do you wake up? What are you doing? Who are you with? What kind of life do you live on a daily basis? Well, if you follow all the mindset techniques, that's what's going to bring you to the vision because being a visionary is the ultimate offense. I used to be very reactionary. I'm not going to say I'm ashamed of how I used to be, but I definitely do not like the kind of person I used to be. I used to read articles, you know, Wall Street scam, this and that. Yes, everything's a scam. I get it, you know. Wall Street's a scam, I get it, you know, Illuminati, like, I get all that, you know, who cares? I can't change any of that shit. That's just me reacting to negative shit. Well, we want to be visionaries, because that's offensive. If I'm reacting to what messages other people are sending me, now I'm playing defense. We don't like to play defense. We always want to play offense. We always want to be on the attack. And that's what vision is. Vision is, this is my life, and I'm going to go fucking get it. That's vision. That's offense. That's taking charge of your life. But you have to know what that vision is. Where do you want to go? What are you seeing? Where do you see yourself? And then you go there. But to get there, you have to have the tools and the techniques to get you there. So if I had to title Gorilla Mindset something more appropriate, I would call it How to Change Your Thoughts and Emotions to Live the Life of Your Dreams. But, and I'd put a purple cover on it, and, you know, a lot of pussies would buy it, and they'd give it bad reviews because they would say none of this shit works. So, so that's why it's Gorilla Mindset. The title might actually change somewhere down the road depending on how it's received because if you guys hate it because it's too, I don't know, too nice, I don't know, I don't know why you would hate it, but if you guys don't like it because you don't think what it, it was supposed to be aggro, like more mean, sort of like this podcast, like there are no F-bombs in the book. This podcast is probably more edgier than the book. So if you don't like it, then I'll like, fuck it, I'll just, they don't, my, my own guys don't like it, so I'll just rebrand it and deal with the idiots. But I really think you like it. Um, everything is very practical. Everything is step by step. But as I say in the book, and I'm going to say now, you have to put the work in. That isn't a platitude. It's very dense. Some of the chapters, again, the vision chapter is a couple pages. And you're thinking, a couple pages? Y yeah, it's not War and Peace. I don't need you to read 100 pages on vision and visualization. I just need to say, here's how you do it. Now you have to go do it. And that's the whole point of the gorilla mindset. You have to go do it. Here's what you should do, and here's how you should do it. Now go do it. But if you don't do it, you're not going to get much out of the book. In fact, if you're somebody who buys sort of self-help books and doesn't apply anything, then I would definitely say save your money. You'll be disappointed. You'll just leave me a bad review. It'll just be a bad relationship for both of us. But if, you, if you're ready to take charge, if you really do want to change things and you just want the tools, you just think, you know, I, I, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I want more out of life, but I'm just not sure what to do. Then the answers are right here. Everything, step by step. All you have to do is take action. So it's, it, it'll be in your Kindle if you pre-ordered. Uh, it's hitting the Kindle June 27th. Print versions and audio versions are coming soon. Thanks, and I can't wait to hear from you. This is Mike Cernovich from the Mike Cernovich Podcast.